I, I realize uh, we are a little bit behind time, and so there's a bit of uh, panic and trying to rush things, but I'm going to slow it down. <laughs> and I truly believe that we are on God's agenda. What we are doing today has nothing to do with us. What happened in the praise and worship was all for God. And so we may start feeling a bit tense, oh, we need to move, we need to move. But we need, just need to slow down and allow God to do what he needs to do and to hear his word as well. So I am super excited to have this opportunity to share the word of God with you and also to start this series uh, that we refer to as God Is. And we're going to look at different aspects of who God is. And today we're going to start by looking at uh, the fact, it's a fact that God is light. And we're going to go into a bit more details around that. And I will look at mainly three sections. Uh, firstly, dwelling on the fact that God is light. And then also dwelling on the fact that because he's light, we can come to him for forgiveness. And then we move on. If he is light, therefore, what is expected of me, of you and me? Uh, that will be the last section that we look at as well. Together? Great. And welcome to those online as well. So... I think it must have been the second or third week that I'd started coming to Reading Family Church and I had a conversation with Liz Green. And Liz said to me that over the last few years that she's been reading the Word of God, she has been reading it from the perspective of who our God the Father is. And not necessarily from, uh, from individual, what do I gain from this Word? And those words really stuck with me. They, they came into my heart and they settled in my heart. And I said, yes, oftentimes I read the Word of God and I'm thinking, what is in the Word of God for me? What, what are the promises that are laid out in the, in the Word of God for me, but not necessarily who God is? And I just felt as we start this series, this is once again a reset to all of us as a church to begin to think and to realize who God is, to center our focus on Him. That's all we did in the worship this morning. We were putting our focus, our attention on who God is. After all, the Lord's Prayer starts by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It is all about him, all about him and less about us. So as we go through this series, I want to encourage you as we go through God is to really, really put your focus on who God is. He is greater than your needs. If we limit him to our needs, then we are taking a small little subsection of who God is. He's much greater than that. And when we say he's the light, it's a declaration that we make. When we say that God is love, it's a declaration that we make. And so may this series be a declaration that you make. And may it set you up to go out in the world realizing who God is in your life. Realizing that he's indeed the light. And that's what I'm trusting God for this morning. But that's what I'm also trusting God for for the rest of the series. That we take our gaze away from us as individuals and we put it back on God. Because he deserves all the praise. He deserves all the honor. It's all about him as well. So I, I will pray. And then we go into our text, our anchor text for, for this morning as well. Father, I realize that you are doing a work in this place, a work that only you could ever possibly do, a work that no man can orchestrate, that we cannot plan or think about, but a work that you are doing in our hearts and our souls. I pray and I ask in the name of Jesus that you use me in the way that you intend to, not for words about me, but words about you, as we center and focus on who you are, God. And I pray that hearts will open this morning, that we will not become impatient, but wait to hear what you have, that every single person who's seated in this place will live with something tangible that they take out in their lives forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, if we can turn our Bibles to First John chapter 1, and we read from uh, 5 to 10. First John chapter 1, verse 1. 
First John chapter 1, verse 5 to 10. Yes. It says that this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you that God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But we are if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus' his son cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his words or his word has no place in our heart. Now, just for context, this passage was written uh, in a time where we had not the, what they call the Narcissists, who were rising and beginning to challenge the apostolic fellowship that was there at that particular stage. And they kept on living in the darkness uh, and continued to practice wicked things, yet believed, and, uh, believed that God would remain in their lives. So John is writing an account, and he starts in verse 5, uh, highlighting back to us that this is the message we heard from Jesus, and now declare to you that God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So he's starting by making a declaration, and we, we just need to remember as well, he's writing because he also had experience. He had walked hand in hand uh, with, uh, with Christ. So he's writing from first language. He had had the experience of spending time with Jesus. And he's saying, when we were with Jesus, based on what he said and also what they witnessed, he said that God is the light and in him there is no darkness at all. So he's making a declaration of who God is uh, based on that. And, and I love to picture it in this way that, of course, these days it's getting darker a bit later, but you wake up and it's in the middle of the night, midnight, and you put on the, the light. All of a sudden, the darkness that was in that room is taken over by the light and the presence of the light that you have switched on. And I feel this is what happens as well with God when we start talking about God. If you have good lights, also sometimes you see in stadiums, uh, it comes and it overtakes. There's no sign of darkness in that room when light comes on. And that's how God is described as well, that in him there is no darkness at all. He found it to be a good thing when he created the world, uh, that indeed it was pleasant to have light. There is no trace of darkness in who Christ is, in who God is. And so when we say light, and light, we think of light. Light is a source of life. It gives us life. There's a lot of aspects around light. But it is important to just keep this picture in mind, that when God comes in any situation, he takes over any sort of darkness that we can think is present, even in our lives, and is completely covered by light. So he goes on and he says in verse 7, But if you are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I just love this picture as well that is beginning to be portrayed here. We are beginning to see a mixture of when we start talking about light and we start talking about darkness, we begin to see the introduction of sin as darkness. And we begin to hear that in Jesus, uh, in Jesus Christ as well, he cleanses us of all sin. And there's a reason why he does that, because he himself was radiating also even the presence of God when he was here on earth. I, I remember the picture of Moses, when Moses is given the commandments and he comes down from Mount Sinai, and his face is radiating with the presence of God because he has been spending time with God who's the light. And people can no longer look at his face. He had to wear a veil because he was bright, he was radiating 
with the presence of God. And likewise, when, when Christ came here on earth, there was no sin, there was no darkness in him at all. He was the perfect lamb for you and me to, to die on the cross because he had no sin. He was the, the light, at light that you can imagine, that bright, bright light. That's who Christ was. And when he came, we go back into the Old Testament. Sin, and also even, even now, sin could not be forgiven without the shedding of blood. And people would identify the different types of sacrifices, but people would look for the perfect spotless lamb. It could not have any, uh, any, any funny things, any spots on it, that lamb. It had to be perfect for it to be considered worthy to die on your behalf for your, for, for your sins. But when Christ came, Christ was that perfect lamb. We were singing about it this morning, saying that there is no sin, there is no darkness in Christ. And because of that, he is the perfect lamb that took the place for you and me on the cross and died for us so that we could have life and life in abundance. And I think this is a, a really good reminder when we look at ourselves and we sit here and we think that uh, you have no idea what has happened in my life and the type of activities that I've been through, the type of sin uh, that I've been through. Well, I just want to tell you that I have an idea of who God is and the fact that he is the light. And I can tell you that there is nothing that you have ever done here on earth that cannot find forgiveness from Christ because he is the light. He is like that switch that you turn on and darkness completely goes because in him there is, uh, there is life and there is no sin at all in Christ. So I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verse 6 to 7. And it says that, for God who said, let there be light in the darkness, he has made the light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay, clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. So we have been entrusted with the light of God as clear jars that, that is shining in our hearts. And he makes it clear that a clear jar, of course, a clear jar can break, it can crack. There's a lot of things that can happen with a clear jar. But when we put it in, the, in God, we know that in him, he comes, he has entrusted us, even though we are like clear jars, with the light that has been given unto, unto us as well. And this is where I want to make a call, and I'm getting to that, a call and a challenge unto us to remember that we indeed, because we look at the source, the source is God, the light, it reflects on us, and therefore we can go out in the world and shine as well. But I, before I do that, I just want to give you a, a quick reminder, and one that is important, especially when we're talking, still talking about sin. And it's based on a definition I love that we find in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. And this is a, a verse that begins to define the difference between someone who has given their life to Christ and someone who's following Christ versus someone who's not following Christ. And it says that the godly can fall, can fall several times, can fall seven times, but they get up again. But the wicked will fall once and then that's it. They are done, they are gone. And that's one of the beautiful things that we have in Christ. That of course, yes, we are clear jars. We have treasure, but we are still clear, we are still fragile. And we are faced with sin and sin happens. But you can go back to Christ. You can stand up again. You can rise. Look back to the source of light. And he shines once again on you and you go out in the world because of what Christ has done, the finished work he did on the cross for you and me. Yeah, 
And this is the confidence that we can have as the children of God. That yes, I may fall, but his light will always shine. His light will always overcome the darkness, will always overcome what may have happened in my life as he shines and as he radiates. And that's the beauty and the presence of God whom we serve. And so I'm going to make a call and also share two stories. I love stories, as you have figured out. I also love the word of God. I have heard two. <laughs> so I love to balance the two aspects. So I'm going to share two stories. And then I'm also going to call the, the praise and worship again. I, I love what we're doing this morning and to have time to pray together as well. The first story I'll share with you is a, is a personal story that happened, which is a very interesting story. And interestingly, we have some photos to show for that story, so you <laughs> see what I'm saying. So in 2013, I went uh, camping with uh, Sarah and some friends of, of ours uh, at a dam called Val Dam. It's in South Africa. Uh, it was a beautiful day, lovely day. And then a friend of mine and, and me decided, okay, it was time for us to steal a canoe that we saw next to the Val Dam. So we went and we, we stole this canoe. And then we started going in the, in the Valdem. Um, and then what we hadn't realized is that there was a crack under the, under the canoe. And so water started to, to come in. Uh, so you can see some water coming in. But interestingly, there was a life jacket there which uh, <laughs> was, was underneath. And then we went on and of course the inevitable happened. We capsized into the, into the, into the water. So <laughs> you can see me there. Uh, screaming for dear life, and then the, other, the next picture as well shows you uh, just how I was beginning to fight with this boat. So my friend is saying to me, let go, let go, let's swim back to the shore, let go, let go. And I'm saying, I don't have strength to swim to the shore, save yourself. So I'm telling him to go, <laughs> I am going to deal with this, uh, with this boat until I'm in a, in a comfortable place. And the interesting thing is the photographer is my wife, Sarah. <laughs> she was using my... Uh, my long lens, uh, my, my wildlife lens, and she's busy shooting these photos. And then the next thing I hear, she calls out, babe, babe, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, okay. So there was a guy who was um, fishing just uh, next to, to, to this dam, and then he dived in, uh, coming to, to my rescue. So my friend took off, and he started swimming to the shore. And then he got there, he told me to let go of the boat, uh, turn the other way, as, as he would do to rescue me and take me back to the shore. But my friend started to swim, and as he was swimming, uh, we saw some bubbles come up, and then the wife said, I can't see him, but I can see bubbles. And then so she dived into the water as well, now to go and rescue him. He had lost strength to get to the shore. So she got to the place where he was, uh, and then he just grabbed the leg of this guy, uh, the leg of the wife, uh, because he had no strength to come back up. And then the wife started saying, I'm losing strength. He's pulling me down. I'm losing strength. And then the guy who had rescued me told me, now we are very close to the shore. I need to go and rescue your friend. So he left me, and then he went to pick him up from bottom up, and he came with uh, dilated eyes. So it's a good ending. We both survived. <laughs> and then it, we spent about 30 minutes without talking. The first words he said to me is, let's pack up and leave. <laughs> of, which, of which I told him, no, no, we're going to spend the night. Uh, so I, I am looking forward to going there next year and uh, have a bit of fun remembering what, what had happened there. The second story I want to share with you is a story of a man called uh, Jim Becker. And Jim Becker had, was, a, was a minister who had fallen from grace. And he's being asked, what happened to you? How did you end up falling from grace? So he describes the story, a story of a salesman. 
And this salesman used to travel out of town and come back home, but he had no family. And one day, uh, he decided, I'm going to get some fish, some exotic fish. I'm going to look after this fish. This fish is going to be excited when I come back home. So he would go away, he would come back, he would feed his fish, and then he would sleep on the couch next to the fish. But one night as he slept, um, the fish uh, all bent, and then they woke up in the morning because the thermostat had failed and it had stopped working. And then it bent all the, the fish that was there. And he started asking himself, could it be that at night when I was sleeping, uh, actually the fish were shouting out and crying out, Jim, Jim, or the salesman, save me. Could it be that they were crying out, but I just could not hear them? And I want to use these two stories to begin to say, yes, we believe that God is the light, and we have his light, and we can go out there in the world. But I want to tell you that there are a lot of people who are drowning in our streets, who are drowning in the workplaces, who are drowning where God has placed us, that needs someone to dive into the water. We put roles and we put things that we're trusting God for, ministry areas. We have a dead coach that we're trusting and praying and asking, can someone raise their hand up to become a dead coach? We are doing this because we want to go and help those who are drowning, also if, even in the financial settings of their lives. And this is what we're being called to as a church. That yes, there is a lot of people who are around us, who need the light that we have, who have not been radiating the presence of God as we are, who need, who need to hear about God, who needs someone who will dive in and be brave and say, I'm coming to your rescue because I have the light. I'm coming to the rescue because I know if I step into this situation, darkness will be gone because I'm representing Christ. We are a church who are looking for those who go out and walk side by side with those who are burning, those that cannot say it in words, but you can see that there's a problem here. And all they need is for you to walk side by side and be the light in their lives, to lead by example. This is the call I have for us, Reading Family Church, this morning. That yes, we believe God is the light, and that will not change. That is a fact that remains. And yes, we can come and we can ask for forgiveness, and he's faithful and he's just. He says, come, let us reason together. I'll make your sins, even though they may be as red as crimson, I'll make them as white as snow. He's the God who calls us, and he says, I can do that. Yes, you can fall seven times, but you get up again. But he, he comes and he says, therefore, go out and be the light as well. Go and serve those who are drowning. Go and serve those who are burning, those who need to, to, to hear the word of God. And this is the call and the mandate that we have as a church. So I'm going to call the praise and worship, and I'm going to read two passages of Scripture. And we're going to pray together as well this morning. I'm going to replace where it says Jerusalem in Isaiah 60 with Reading Family Church. But for this part of the scripture, I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, to rise. This is a declaration that we are making as Reading Family Church. Yes, God is light. Therefore, we ought to be the light. And this is what the Word of God says this morning to Reading Family Church. Arise, Reading Family Church. Let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth. But the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come and see your radiance. It is time for us as a church to take our rightful place in our town and go and be the light. 
as we are being told. It is time for us to go and shine. People will become curious about what we do as a church. I am part of chapter 2, and we are going there. Uh, chapter 2 is a program where we look after fatherless boys. And we go there, we spend our time working with boys who have lost hope, boys who are drowning. But our agenda is to go and rescue them and show them the light, walk side by side. And this is what we're calling you, that kings will come and see and be, people will be, very, will be wondering, what's so special about this person? You walk in a, body, in a meeting room where people are sitting, and all of a sudden everyone is smiling because you are there. The presence of God is with you. You are the light that is coming to shine. The word of God declares and says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under the, a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so everyone will praise your heavenly Father. This is the calling that is placed upon our lives, to go out there and be the light because he is the light. And I just want to say, remember, it has nothing to do with you and how good you are. It has everything to do with the fact that God is the light. He is the source. He is the source. You don't have to be perfect. You can always go back to him and he will forgive you. There is nothing that you have ever done, my brother, my sister, that cannot find forgiveness in who Christ is this morning. And I want to encourage you and say, please do not walk out of this place if you have not given your life to, uh, to, to Christ so that you can also anchor into this light that we're talking about so that the presence of God can radiate upon you. I encourage you not to walk out of this place without doing that this morning. But for the rest of us, this is a call to us to go out there and be the light, to anchor in who Christ is, to spend time in the Word of God, filling up yourself, your soul, with the goodness of God so that you can radiate His presence, so that those who look at you can say, look at that man, look at that woman, look at that child, look at that... You know, they are radiating the presence of God. They have spent time with God. Oh, why don't we heal to this uh, Reading Family Church? Why don't we go out in our streets and be the light and see the goodness and the kindness of God?